This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we're... You can listen to us in so many different ways, but on iHeartRadio.com, Let's Talk Faith.com, Talk America Radio, but right here in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 and FM 102.1. And maybe you listen to the podcast. However, you hear the show today, just know that Martha just prayed for you and you're covered. We're just praying that something we say today, well, first of all, today's show a little more relaxed. We're just hoping that something we say today will just cause you to dig deeper into your relationship with the Lord in connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. All right. So what makes up a church? Okay. Christ followers working in unison for the common communication of the gospel message to the lost world. The church is broken up into many little pieces, all working together. I work for him as one of those pieces. Martha and I are so blessed because from the beginning, God has brought people into our lives that have adopted the mission of I work for him as their own. Tune in today to hear the stories of two people who brought God, who God brought into our lives as they serve the Lord and assist in bringing you the message of I work for him each and every day. We will rejoice and reminisce and share how the Lord has knit our hearts together with a common vision of reaching the work world for Christ. One I work for him missionary at a time. We've got a live studio audience in the background. Woohoo! Martha, that's for them to be able to make that noise. Oh, I was adding to Michael it. and Connie, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Nice to be on the it's, radio. It's nice. It's nice that you guys get to actually join us, do a little fun on the radio, have a little fun today. All right. So I want to start off because I get to, I never get to interview you guys. We get to have a little banter back and forth. But talk to me about, uh, Connie, ladies first. How does the I work for him message resonate with you? The Lord brought you into our lives, waltzed you into our office a little over two years ago. And it was clearly for this message, for this vision. How does, and now two years later, a little over two years later, how does the I work for him message resonate with you personally? Well, it resonates in the fact that it makes me more intentional about talking to people and sharing what our vision is because we have, we've grown, I've grown personally, and I'm just more passionate about what our ministry is all about and how we can reflect God's presence in how we live our lives. It's, it's just different because I'm just much more intentional about being God's child out there sharing the vision. So you're living in more intentionality today is what you're saying? Basically, yes. That sums that. it up. I love that. That's very, very good. All right, Michael, what about you? You've been there since the very beginning, from the very first show. How does the I Work For Him message resonate with you? She stole my answer, man. I was going to say exactly that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's been fun. It's been fun, uh, you know, being a part of this thing f- since day one. <clears throat> and it was a ministry that I didn't really know sort of existed, if you will. You know, like the idea of... <clears throat> of being Jesus in your workplace was something that I never really thought of before. And so as I started learning more about it, um, I viewed my workplace differently. You know, it wasn't just some place where I went in and clocked in, did some work and left. I was able to make a difference both internally and with other folks. And so that's something that's really stuck with me about this mission. 
from the very beginning, you have seen the show, you've experienced the show, uh, and you've grown with the show. I mean, you know, you were with us when we were doing it once a week for an hour at drive time, mm-hmm. and, and now we're to five days a week. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the Lord kind of morph the vision that he originally laid on our hearts? I mean, how have you seen it grow? I mean, it's definitely taken um, a more macro stance to it. I think that when... when um, when we started, when you started doing the radio thing over at the other, other radio station, station yes, yes. Um, it, like you said, it was it was a one, it was an hour a week, and that was it, you know. And but I think that I think that as as time has gone by, it's gone from like maybe uh, a Tampa focus to a Florida focus to a U.S. type focus, you know, and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. And, and Martha, as you you, know, you and I talk about this all the time, how incredibly blessed we are to have the Lord bring people into our lives to, to help us with this because we didn't know what we needed when, when we just started this. You thought it was just going to be me on the radio. You didn't think it was going to be you. Yes. <laughs> so, so what do you want me to talk about? You, yeah, I know. I think that um, it's just been amazing how we have been able to just keep being open and willing and seeing whatever the Lord wants us to add or do next and be obedient to that. And yes, that has included me being on the radio a whole lot more. But you're good at it. Mm -hmm. Well, Uh you and I have no problem talking to each other. So, you know, we love to have conversations and really that's what God has um, just shown us that we're we're supposed to be doing is having conversations, letting other people in on those conversations to overhear what it is that ministry are doing, what God's done in somebody's workplace, um, how they've been inspired to write a book because of something that God's done in their life. And so um, we always hope that people just can kind of visualize us sitting around a table, having a conversation with friends and they're listening in. When you look at, it's just a, I'll throw this question out. When you look at being involved with I Work For Him all the years that you guys have been involved and, and even Martha, you and I, how has it impacted us spiritually? What, what do you think? You start off, baby. Well, I think it's challenged me because I've seen so many people in different phases of their life at different stages doing different things, but yet walking in the obedience that God has them in in that moment or challenging them to do something more in their workplace or step outside of their comfort zone. And that's really challenged me spiritually. Um, It's also required me to be more intentional because I feel like if, if we are going to give and to be a light, then we need to be growing and never be stagnant. Nice. How about you, Jim? Well, I would think for me, I never, first of all, I never thought I'd be a radio person, but I think what's been really cool. I think that what's changed with the vision is that we thought we'd just be a radio show. And then it morphed into, we're going to interview people and highlight what the Lord is doing. Like Michael just said in Tampa and Florida, and then across the country. And then all of a sudden we've realized in the last year and a half that the Lord is using us to knit other ministries together and to connect Mm. other ministries together and to be part of that catalyst for collaboration. Wow. I like that alliteration, (laughs) Uh, but that's so true. I mean, we, you know, I've got an email in my drafts right now, connecting two uh, of these fantastic uh, Christ centered general contractors we've interviewed just in the month of December. And they're from Texas and from Naples, Florida and getting them connected together 
Because those people need to know. They play in the same world, and, and, and that's fun to do that connection. So how has that impacted you spiritually? Well, it's made me make sure that I get my hour a, a day in, in prayer time and in Bible time. Every day looks a little bit different. Some days it's just more just in prayer time. Some days it's more just in Bible time. But I make sure I get my most days. There's some days I screw that up and schedule something too early in the morning. Uh, but it is... Uh, it has just challenged me to, to be totally dependent on the Lord because we never had a budget for supporting the, the a radio program. Uh, and, and the Lord has just said, hey, I want you to go all in on this. I'll take care of the finances. You just got to trust me. And so it's grown our faith and our patience. And to be able to be part of something big that has nothing to do with us is fantastic. Connie, how's it impacted you spiritually? Well, based on your recommendation, I mean, my husband and I, have started the Jesus Calling. We both had our devotions separately every day, but it has brought us closer together in our marriage because we're praying together. And that has really grown me spiritually just to have something that we share because we are both doing our own, Mm -hmm. which is great, Mm -hmm. but to do it together as a couple just kicked it up another notch. It's fun to have it kicked up another notch. What about you, Michael? You've been walking alongside. We've had incredible at the beginning. Really, this was introducing the idea of being a Christ follower in the work. I mean, it was a very new concept for you. Mm-hmm. You look at how's I work for him, that the whole concept, the whole being part of this impacted you spiritually. Well, I, I think um, not only was I learning about the mission of I work for him, but I was also learning how to become uh, more intentional with my Christ following as it were because of you outside of outside of um, the show and so those two things in conjunction with each other happen at the same time and so um, uh, it just and because of that I was able to sort of take my faith more seriously and mm-hmm. and and take a long hard look about what I really believed and then dig in and move forward and trust you know have there been any tough days being on the air with me what do you mean? <laughs> tough days? Define tough day. No, it's been all, it's been all good. Two Mountain Dew day. Those might <laughs> Those be are, a little tough. Those are the better shows, I think. <laughs> you know, at the end of this month, we'll have done 947 shows, and the combination of conversations have been so amazing. Uh, I'm just so glad you're along for the ride with us, and as we add people from across the country each and every day, you know, we're just, just challenge you. Just keep in mind, I work for them. I work for him is all about connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five, recognizing that your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. I knew that last part. That's good. All right, so let's let's talk about. We got Michael and Connie in the studio with us today, as we're just just sharing some memories. All right, so sometimes Christmas is. Let's just talk about the real meaning of Christmas first, because that that is something that's lost on society today. Most people are they've, they've kind of well, yeah. Most people think Christmas is about gifts, and they think Christmas is about family. Well. That's some of the good part about Christmas. Some people think it's about the food, right, Connie? Yes. Eating from house to house, favorite foods. (laughs) Making food. That's right. Mm -hmm. Connie made some incredible white chocolate fudge, some milk chocolate fudge, and some candied pecans for Christmas dinner this evening. All right. So when you look at which, when you think of the Christmas story, I mean, our Savior God 
coming in the form of a baby, giving up his complete control of the universe to come be humbled in the form of a baby. Which part of the Christmas story is your favorite? You talking to me? Yeah. You talking to me? You talking to me? That was classic. Um, the fa- my favorite part at the Christmas story. Yes. That, that's, okay. She's going to keep saying it until she's got time to think about an answer. <laughs> um, my favorite part of the Christmas story is the fact that Jesus came back as a baby because as Martha and I know as grandparents and parents that the unconditional love that you get from a child and the fact that Jesus came as a child to give unconditional love to everybody is Mm. just a symbol that everybody can resonate with. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, Michael, what about you? What's your favorite part of the Christmas story? I mean, you know, obviously that's the big one there. You know, that's the reason for the season, the reason we're all here sitting here and all this stuff. But I think there's a lot of little small parts of that story, too, that are really cool. You know, like specifically the, um, you know, how they weren't able to find a place to stay at all anywhere, you know. And I mean, if 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 uh, there's no Airbnb in that, no no home and away. That's right. And everything else was full. But if but if but if but if you were to tell them, well, this isn't just anybody here that I need a room for. For. It's the, it's it's you know it's the son of God. It's the son of God. You know, I mean, then oh, they have that. a little bit of egg on their yeah. face. You know, right, but nobody, everybody said no. You know, for whatever reason, and so they had to end up doing it in like a you know, I mean, I don't want to call it a shack, but I mean, what is it? A like stable, a stable, right? Yep. Yeah, with sure. the animals. Yeah, it probably know? was probably was a shack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just the little parts of the story about uh, you know that that sort of just I find it. Even more interesting. Yeah, the Most creator definitely. of the universe born in a dirty manger trough. <laughs> right. right. Yep. Yeah. yeah and, and we picture it, you know, because of the, the great, you know, commercialization of Christmas, we picture it in this beautiful little manger with clean straw. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's so wrapped much. in swaddling clothes that have all just been freshly dry cleaned. Right. And Doesn't stink got, at all. And he's got a little glo- a gold uh, a halo over his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that Isn't probably, that how it happened? And, and it was bright. Mark says so, it was bright, That's right. bright and so. sunshiny. Yet that probably not accurate. So, Jim, what's your favorite mm-hmm. part of the Christmas season? You know, well, the Christmas story. Okay, the story. Uh, part of the Christmas story, because Christmas season is no, a good I answer. No, I get that. And the food. You know, there's, I suppose, two things. Because of, I, because of I work for him, I think the first thing that is most incredible to me is that right away, with Jesus' birth, God endorsed work. Because he went right to the blue collar guys raising the sheep in the field and said, hey, you guys, something really cool just happened. You need to go and see the son of God, the Messiah, who's just been born. And he went right to the guys they were working. He went into their workplace and he touched their lives. Mm-hmm. I just think that's incredible. And then there was, you know, the whole angelic choir thing. That's, that will be cool to see. None of us have gotten to see that. That would be cool. Mm. We've heard some good choirs, I'm sure, but that one's probably really good. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm guessing. That's one part. The other part, now, it's a little delayed. Does he, it's, does, is he like in charge here? He gets to have more than one answer? Well, the <laughs> other part of the answer Monologue. Is, <laughs> is the Magi. Now, that's not really part. We make it part of the manger scene, but really they came along sometime in the first two years. They weren't there on the day he was born. Mm-hmm. That, again, is a hallmark moment. Mm-hmm. But those dudes saw the star... They were super wealthy, rich, smart guys that followed astronomy and said, hey, uh, we need to where that's going on. That's a big deal. We need to, you know, they knew how to read the stars. I don't get that. They weren't astrologists. They were astronomers. And and, and they, they went and they started off and they trekked across a desert to go find Jesus. 
That's amazing. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been across deserts just driving across them, not wanting to do it in a camel. And we don't know what they were riding. <laughs> By the way, that again, hallmark moment. <laughs> All right, Martha, what about you, baby? Well, first I was going to say, in my home, the wise men are not standing next to Jesus when he's a baby in my little nativity that I have down there. Good, I, good clarification. You know, to, yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> um, but I I was going to say the Magi today just because that's, I mean, like Mike was saying, you know, there's just so many parts, so many elements that are great. But I think that just the understanding that these apparently very wise, very wealthy people understood enough to know that this baby, you know, just like the song, this baby changes everything. Mm -hmm. And yet they may not have really grasped all that that was, but yet they knew it was enough that they were willing to give up all of this time to follow and to see and to give gifts. Hmm. So I think that's cool. No, and it's just fun to focus on the story because when you really look at the impact of the creator God coming to earth and he did it to rescue us. It was a rescue plan. Not unlike what Noah did with the, his three sons and their, and his daughter-in-laws. They rescued the human race, mm-hmm. but this was a permanent rescue plan. This was salvation available to everyone who believes that Jesus is who he is. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's important for us to focus on that because a lot of times we don't get to talk about Bible stories on I work for him. And that's an important one. All right. So let's talk about as, growing up. Did any of you guys have Christmas Eve traditions, going to church, things like that? Connie, what did you have? Where, where were you? You were in Nebraska then growing up? We were in the middle of the U.S., in the middle of nowhere, also known as Nebraska. The you are correct. The state. <laughs> A lot of nothingness. But um, our tradition when uh, we were growing up is on Christmas Eve, I was raised Catholic, and we would always go to midnight mass. So we'd take a nap, and then we'd get up and load up in the station wagon and go to midnight mass. Then and when you got home, did you get open one present? No, we were really tired by then. I don't know. If, <laughs> <laughs> they were hoping they fell asleep in the car on the exactly. way home. And so while you were at bed. midnight mass, Santa Claus didn't come. No, because Santa Claus was at midnight mass with you. No. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. All right. No. How dare you? Well, he might have been. He could. Santa Claus needs to go to church too. Saint Nicholas was incredible. Okay, Michael. What about you? Growing up, was there was there church part of uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Um, Christmas Eve for sure. We would go. Um, usually not not at midnight or anything like that. But around six or people seven in Georgia or didn't step like that. that later. What? Yeah. Well, we wanted to get home so we could crack open those presents, you know, or the present on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve and then get to sleep so we could see what Santa brought to us the next day. Our our, our, our little thing that we did um, <clears throat> is that my sister and I would put together a Christmas plan. And this would be something that would build up like a week before, maybe two weeks before. And so we would outline what we would do on Christmas Day. So it'd be like, <laughs> I, uh, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, run downstairs to see if there's any presents under the tree. If there's not, I run back up. Don't wake up, Stephanie. I don't do that until I go down there and there are actually presents down but there. she made Recon. you get up on the hour? We switched every oh, year. okay. Yeah. yeah. Recognition. Yeah. But they had a plan. We had, it was a Christmas plan and it was very detailed. Christmas and plan. and um, that was what <laughs> And so we're passing that down. Down to or she is to 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 her uh, to her kids as well, you know. So you don't have a plan with Sarah, like you make her get up. Oh uh, well, yeah, right, right. I'm like get up and get coffee. I guess that's the plan. There you go. <laughs> well, well, what, there could be a Christmas miracle. Maybe there could be a Christmas miracle in 2018. <laughs> oh, I see so what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim, did you have a special? 
tradition you in know, your home. We did go to church on Christmas Eve. It wasn't late. I don't I don't know what the deal was there, but we didn't get to open. <laughs> well, they did have a midnight service, but mostly that was for New Year's Eve. But we did. Um, we didn't get to open. There was no present opening because mm. Santa didn't come until the middle of the night sometime. Which I did hear him on my roof one time. I, I it was amazing. I'm sure of, of it. I, I am sure of it. I heard jingle bells and, but it, yeah. So no, just get up. I was always the first one, and I was told not to leave my my bedroom until my mom and my dad were up. <laughs> <laughs> you never did. You never did, right? No, I did. I was scared enough because I don't want him to take back the presents. <laughs> so he would be sitting there by the door, probably. Oh, I was. Uh, you know, I was the first one awake. There's no question about that. All right, we're talking Christmas, Martha. Did your family have any? Christmas traditions involving church on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Yes, and it's really funny because we were just talking about this recently because we went to a a pretty decent-sized church in town, so we had to drive at the time of probably about 20 minutes, which was a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, to go to church um, way back when I was a kid. But (laughs) on Christmas... Were those dirt roads or were those paved roads? They were paved. Okay. (laughs) But when I was a kid on Christmas Day, we would go to a country church we didn't go to our church. We didn't go to our church on Christmas Eve. We waited till Christmas Day. And, of course, we went to bed in brand new jammies that my mom made for everybody. They didn't necessarily match, but they were new jammies. Made so that, them for you. Oh, yes. Awesome. My mom is an amazing seamstress. Mm. So we had new jammies. And if we were really lucky, we had a matching robe that year. And we'd have those. Wake up, put have those on for opening our stockings. Then we'd go to church at a little country church and then come home and then finish our Christmas Day. Mm. So... Um, and we are, we're, I don't know, that was just really special. And that was the only time we ever went to that church, but there was just something very quaint about it. And I remember that as a kid. Okay. So Christmas traditions today. Now, Martha and I will share a few things with us. I'm not much of a tradition guy, although in my tra- lack of traditions, Martha says I create traditions. You're very traditional. <laughs> You're <a> non-tradition. <laughs> what, are, what are some of those non-tradition traditions that, that I have? Mm. Hmm. Wait, you're asking. Because oh. I can't oh. identify them. I just do, do what I do. Okay. And I do it well, of course. Um, <laughs> sure. Wow. I think since we've lived in Florida, a lot of our non-traditional traditions have to do with the beach, playing on the beach. Um, you know, we've done unique um, Christmases when we haven't had family in town, uh, including having, you know, shrimp cocktail, which just seemed so anti-traditional, you know, for us coming from the Midwest. Mm. So I think that those are a lot of... First the- year we had a palm tree Christmas tree. We First did. couple of years. Oh, for, oh, yeah. Several years. That was a little so. different. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So let's let's talk about, let's just ask some fun, fun questions. Well, do you have any unique, Michael, any unique Christmas traditions, you and Sarah? Currently, I'm I mean, currently, um, <laughs> I'll say if leaving up your Christmas tree until late February is a tradition, then yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sarah, why is he looking at you and blaming you? That's what I want to know. That's on me, actually. No, it's on me. It's on you. She's still, de- you know, it's not like the tree is still decorated. The decorations are off of it. Now it's just like this brown thing sitting in the corner of so the house. So it's the Charlie Brown February, part that's so, left? Yeah. yeah. It's slowly right. ending a pile on your floor. Well, the, that's the funny thing. I mean, it, it, it actually didn't. 
lose its needles at all. And if you and if you were to hit it, they would be like petrified and hard. And so I think that's maybe <laughs> what led to. I'm like, that's oh, not a big deal. We'll just let it sit there. It's not going to do anything. Have Probably ever, a fire hazard. Have you ever lit one of those things that's on the fire? Thing. Yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> Very cool. We have friends that uh, on New Year's Eve they they say bring your bring Christmas your tree we'll, for we'll the burn bonfire. Oh, really? oh yeah, I like that. It is. They go up really far in the sky. That is a <laughs> very scary thing. Do very. not try this at home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where's yeah. the disclaimer that's, there, honey? That's right. Not not to be repeated at home. <laughs> Connie, what about you and Dean? You guys have Christmas traditions? We do. They've kind of evolved. We go. We every few years we evolved. Now that our when our grandkids were younger, we would go pick them up and have Christmas Eve with the grandkids. Now that they're older, they have his, hers, theirs, ours. So we haven't done that in a few years because things change. Traditions change. People move around. Yeah. People move around. For uh, sure. Yeah. All right. So let's just ask some basic questions. Christmas tree, fresh or fake? Connie. Fake. Michael, you said. I like the idea of fake, but we get the real ones for sure. Yeah. Both. <laughs> We've done both. Yeah, we have no, both. No, I have both. We have, how many trees do we have right now, honey? One, two, three. If you count every height that's shaped like a tree, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten. It's like a Christmas But some Wonderland. of them are only like, you know, 12 inches tall, and there's a little collection of three of them. Technically, mm. trees can be 12 inches tall. You're right, but I'm just clarifying, because well, we don't have a huge house and we, and for we, 12 trees. No, we don't. <laughs> it's very festive. When we first got married, we had a real tree that first, remember that first Christmas tree um, in yes. our first house? So we bought this house with a very big vaulted ceiling, and we thought, surely we should get the biggest tree on the lot. Of course. Because surely it's going to go all the Whatever way up do, to the vault. call me Shirley again. Well, apparently the taller the tree, the wider the tree. Mm. Which and we had sense. to remove the couch from the room. <laughs> no, the first indication that we bought a big tree was we had a little escort station wagon, 86 escort station wagon. Brand with, new, though. Right, with a five-speed. And we had it on the roof. And the, tree. I, the tree. The tree. Strapped down. <laughs> not the car on the roof. Not the car. We had, and, and we couldn't get the car up to speed. It was oh, like 35 wow. miles an hour in the highway. He's yeah, like, I can't out. get it. We got off the highway and took the back roads because I couldn't get up the speed. <laughs> because the tree was way so heavy. No, because it was so Backwards. big. Oh, okay. No, I didn't yeah. have it backwards. I did it the right way. <laughs> and we got it home, and then we realized we had our time getting it through this the doorway. This was a huge <laughs> tree. We had no... You know, when you're in the lot, you have nothing to compare That's it true. to right. except for yourself. All right. It literally was about... It was a great 15 feet wide. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe only 12, but it was very, very wide. That was the first story that I had. Oh, my goodness. I I went home after I'd lived in Florida for a number of years, and I went home at Christmas time. My parents had a vaulted ceiling just like that, and my brother and dad brought the tree in and got it all set up. It was like a 12-foot tree, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden... It started tipping. Oh, <laughs> mercy. I'm pretty sure I had it roped to the wall. Yeah, I don't even know what you did, but it, that was not a concern, but that would be a scary thing. It was, it, a, it it was, was funny. It Ours was, funny. was next to a staircase, and I actually was like on like the fourth or fifth step to take a picture, mm-hmm. and it still was... It was the funniest, it was <laughs> the funniest thing. Anyway. And, and then we went from... Because we said, well, those are expensive, and Jim's Dr. Cheapo, we bought a real a fake tree, and we did that for a number of years, and then we went back to real again. It's been great. The house mm. smells like evergreen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. we don't get evergreen smell here in mid, you know, central Florida very often. You have no. to go up to Jacksonville to get that. All right. Christmas dinner, turkey or ham, Michael? Ham all day. Next question. 
<laughs> Martha, growing up, turkey or ham? Oh, growing up, turkey, because my dad had high blood pressure, so we ah, never had ham. But go. now, this year, I hear king crab is on the table. Oh, Ooh. my. Oh, not at our house. That's not at Martha's no. parents' house. <laughs> We're all about the king crab. Anybody else want to join us? Yes. Tommy, turkey or ham growing up? Growing up. Turkey. Now we have ham because we have too much. We're on turkey overload from Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jim, turkey or ham? Sometimes we'd have steak. Well, of Ooh. course, you're a Brangenberg. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my Mid-Western. sister turned that into a prime rib for Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we never had that growing up. <laughs> we had cheap sirloin, uh, but mostly ham. It was mostly ham. It depended on whether we would travel back east to see the family or not, but mostly ham. Got it. And in Minnesota, the greatest part about Christmas, Christmas Day in Minnesota, because most of the time it was white. We, like nine out of every 10 Christmases was white. We'd, you know, if you had a big crowd over for Christmas Day, you could have everything for the meal out on the back deck because it was frozen. And you got, and so if the freezer was too small, you could have it outside. And it, it just, the house would smell so good. Mm. I love that. Mm. You know, so food. I hope that, I hope our listeners are just enjoying the fact that, you know, we're reminiscing and we're that they're people. getting a chance to think about what they do as well and prepare for the days ahead. All right. Did you get to open a gift on Christmas Eve, Martha, when you were growing up? I think it was our pajamas, usually. Just the jammies. I'm guessing. All right. Michael, you Same. Said, yeah. yeah, no, we had we had a present, um, and the whole family opened one up, and they were always pajamas, yeah. <laughs> Connie, no? No pajamas. No Christmas Not presents? That I remember. No early? Yeah, yeah, my parents must have been tyrannical leaders or something. I never got well, to open. Well, there's four of us, so I don't think I they never had got time to, open up Christmas to get presents stuff early. done ahead of time. I heard stories of them staying up way late to get everything wrapped and done. Building. Okay, so let me tell you this. My mom and her best friend used to go to Kmart on Christmas Eve Aye. for the blue light specials, mm. and they would shop all night and then bring this stuff home for Christmas Day. I'm like, wow. that's crazy. That, that is, is crazy. I mean, today we can't even imagine that because of you know, the internet. Really well, yeah, there yeah. is that. But <laughs> then the dads had to put stuff together. Assembly mm. is required. I mean, they didn't yeah. even know what they were coming to home trip. So it's pretty funny. That was back before the elves unionized. I remember my my folks said, because we lived on a farm, that my parents would hide it, like in some of the outbuildings. And my moms Mm. used to say, one year we, we couldn't find one. And they found it the following summer back in the in the chicken house. Oh, too funny. <laughs> Save it for a birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> like lost, that's lost awesome. Christmas gifts. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Oh. All right. So did you guys, like as part of your Christmas uh, morning, did they read the Christmas story? Did you guys read the biblical Christmas story? No. No, Michael? Uh, Christmas Eve, we would. You would? Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, Martha? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we probably 50% of the time, because then we also went to church and the and church read it mm-hmm. right Christmas morning. Right. Once my brother went to seminary, we started doing it, but I don't think we did it before then. But we, because we'd gone to church, Christmas right. Eve so, kind yeah. of thing. Right. Sounded so like a good idea. It was usually like a candlelight service when we went to midnight mass. So mm. it was like the very... Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. It, and lots of different things. And however you spend Christmas, it's just important to spend it with as much family as you can. You know, even if it's just that one day a year, or maybe it's your day not to spend time with family. I don't know what it is for you guys, but it's a great day to spend time with family. And just remember... How grateful we should be for the. Uh, there was a little music in the background. Was that, or was that just the neighbors honking a horn? Yeah, it's like during an airplane landing or something like that. Martha and I hosting Michael and Connie in the studio today as we just share a little bit about what does Christmas mean to us. And if you're just tuning in now, we welcome you to go back to iworkforhim.com and listen to the podcast as we've shared. How, you know, what do we, what's the most significant part of how I work for him has impacted our lives, how the Christmas story has impacted us, some of our Christmas traditions. Now we're going to just do a little.
still look into the future because most of us won't be together as a team again until after the New Year's. What are you looking forward to in 2018? So the question is, many people look to New Year's as an excuse to wipe the slate clean and begin something new. What are you looking for in 2018 personally? Martha. Oh, um, for myself, I think that it's more, I hate to say the word definition, but that's what I'm going to say. More definition about how I'm supposed to spend my time and um, really using the gifts that God's given me. So I'm not exactly sure what that means for 2018, but... Some more um, clear plug-in of your skills. Yeah. I like that. Nice. That's good. Like, what about you? 2018. What what are you looking forward to personally in 2018? I'm going to finish reading the Bible. For real. Where are you at? Early stages. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in Judges. Well, that's good. Yeah. It actually gets really exciting. Judge was Josh, Joshua judges Ruth versus Second Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles. Those are actually really exciting books. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Lots of action in those. A lot of action. Action-packed <laughs> part <laughs> of the, uh, people, the good book there. Pe- people don't realize all the people are like, well, the Bible's kind of boring. Like, yes, no, you've it's never, not. Yeah, you've it's never not. read the Bible. There's, you know, most TV shows have nothing. On the Bible. I will say this. I think it might have something to do with maybe the translation that you're reading. That's what it was for me. I mean, I grew up with the King James, and it's diff- it, for me, again, it was difficult to sort of get through. And mm-hmm. But when you recommended the uh, New Living Translation, that was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot easier to read, and it makes more sense. And it really is a page turner, I mean, for real. Right. And we really like, we'd love that. I just got my study Bible a couple months ago, New Living Translation, because mm-hmm. I hadn't done it. I gave you one. because mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's, I love it. Just absolutely. Yeah. Connie, what about you? 2018, personally, what are you looking to, what, what are you looking for? Hmm. Well, Dean and I have been in a transition. We downsized and purged like a year ago. So we're still trying to. It was fun helping you purge, by yes, the way. Yes, and thank you. Mm-hmm. The we best friends ever coming over, <laughs> helping us pack. But you guys are kind of like a sick that you like to do that. So. <laughs> it's a skill. It's, it's a skill. skill. She says best friends ever, and then she says you kind of have a sickness. Well, <laughs> they like to organize and What's pack. that say about you? <laughs> I like friends that do things like that. That's mm. awesome. Uh, so um, 2018 for 2018, you. Um, just continue to be obedient because, strangely enough, I'm a control person. I know that that's a shock to you. To and us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just to be a, a, obedient and... As your husband is nodding uh, yes, in the a, studio audience. Like That's a right. bobblehead behind me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and not try to rush what I think should happen, but to be, <laughs> yeah, it's to be aware of and listen to what God wants me to do. It's... Mm-hmm. It just, it's a challenge for me to do that. And I, every day I try, but you know, I just want to be more obedient. Mm-hmm. How about it, you, Jim? You know, I, I'm looking, I want to do a couple things. Number one, I want to learn. Of course. Well, <laughs> well the, the first thing, and Martha and I, we were talking about last night, is I want to learn how not to work. Because we have spent the last five years doing this radio program and working night and day. And I really want to. What's freaky about is I want to I want to learn to work maybe just eight to six or eight to five, you know, unless we get a radio show at seven in the morning and five o'clock at night. So then it'll be seven to six or whatever. But I want to learn to not work every night. Hmm. 
and, and but I, then we have to figure out what are we going to do at night because I don't want it just to be watch TV because we do we have finished a few too many series on Netflix in the last several years when because we go from crazy work to then just vegging in front of the television that's something I really I really want to do I. I I can't wait to see what the Lord does with the radio program and with the influence that we're in the communities to be able to bring together people, challenging them. I mean, I'm so looking forward to seeing what God does with our work room, but I know it's going to have nothing to do with us except for us just doing our jobs with excellence. But I'm, that's exciting, but it has nothing to do with what I can do. I can control my schedule, but Martha and I have to figure that out because having the office in, in our home... That that's difficult to walk away from that sometimes. And, you know, we were out actually also talking about this and we enjoy working. We enjoy tasks. We enjoy accomplishing things. So those things drive us and that can be very dangerous. And um, it wasn't long ago that we had um, somebody, Kathy was on the radio with us and she was um, quoting, you know, be still and know that I am God. And she said, you know, in the original context, <laughs> that word is halt like an army that is told to halt. Ten hut. Ten hut. That's what, right. That's right. And um, so, you know, maybe we need to have a sign made that says <laughs> ten hut. Because, you, know, you know, you think about it. Right. We even have a thing because of our name being Brangenberg. I have a, this beautiful bee that's cut out of wood, and it says, be still and know that I am God. Hmm. If it's a ten hut, <laughs> you know, I think I'd pay a little different. It's, <laughs> we have this sign. calm little idea of what being still is supposed to be. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that first thing in the morning. It's late in the night. You jump up like an energizer bunny in the morning, and I just... I, I say, Ted, what? let's go. <laughs> That's right. Chop, you do. Chop, chop, chop. You're ready to go That's first a thing in the morning. Thing. What about... Anybody got a Bible verse that they want to live for in 2018? Yeah, key verse. I mean, I'll say, I'll say this. I and I um, <clears throat> did my homework in that I read the questions, but I didn't go the extra step and actually find the actual <laughs> verse. Okay. But it's in Matthew, and it's about praying. And um, I've told this story to you guys off the air, and I'll make a long story short. But basically, I was having some uh, anxious times at my old, you know, my, my old work. <clears throat> not, not my current work. My current work is work, blah blah and stuff. But. <laughs> But which it is, which it is. But but I was having difficulty. It was a new thing, and and I was anxious and nervous about a lot of things over there. And um, I just opened. I w- and I was talking to to Jim and Martha about where I was at here personally and spiritually, I guess. And um, they were helping me through it, encouraged encouraging me to read my Bible, which I did. And one of these days, right before work, I was having, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. This is crazy. Cracked open the Bible and just, and, and to a random spot and put my finger on somewhere on the page. And it, and it was the verse in Matthew talking about praying, you know, just give all your worries to me and pray. And I did. And it helped me immensely. And that was, that was one of the, you know, many light bulbs that have been, that have been popping off my head ever since. So, um, so that verse, I mean, is one that is one that I lean on, you know, uh, a lot. Hmm. Martha, what about you? You know, I haven't picked one yet, um, for this next year and I'm, I'm want to do that, but I'm, I'm not there yet. So we're, we're hoping to have a little bit of quiet time after Christmas and I'm going to search 
Well, and next week we're going to do, you and I are going to do a show just kind of contemplating, you know, what the Lord's going to do with I work for him in 2018. But it, it, so we'll give you a chance. We'll, we'll follow up with that question next week. Have you picked out a verse? I do. I really want to go to James 119. You know, Philippians 4, 11 through 13 are my life verses. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstance that I am, that I'm in. I've learned to get along a hum, humble means. I learned to get along a prosperity in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both in abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength when Tim Tebow made that last verse mm-hmm. uh, famous but it was but just so recently James 119 is be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry and I need to really work on the listen thing mm. uh, and, well plus the slow to speak thing <laughs> Plus, Plus the Why do you think God has all three of them yeah. there so, together? Okay, okay. So that's, I really, I really, but the listening part, I really want to be, and it's not, I've learned to be a good listener on the air most of the time, but I really want to learn to hear God's voice. That's what, and that's what I mean. Be quick to listen, mm-hmm. to shut up and listen to God and, and then be slow to speak I and mean, give him a chance. So Connie, what about you? Well, it's, I had this verse and I've had it for a while, but it's resonated with me even more as brand ambassador of I work for him. And it's, um, Psalms 19 verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, because I talk to people every day, but I want the words to be God's words spoken through me instead of my words to them. So look at what my heart says and have those words be a reflection of him. And it just, it, it's changed the meaning of the verse to me more so as I've stepped into this position. Hmm. Go ahead, Michael. I'm just, I just want to, that's a great word there, by the way. That's good. Um, I do want to say that I'm a little bit disappointed that nobody here mentioned Romans 12, two. <laughs> Good. Why, Michael? <laughs> Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform, transform you into a new person by changing the, the way, way you, you think. Oh, wonderful. Nice. It really, it really good is. Memory. It is good. <laughs> and that has been the verse I open, used to open up every show with that, but there's so mm. many different things I want to open up with. I run out of time. You know, I don't, I don't want to monologue so much in the beginning, but I do. You, you realize that this year I've adopted the gym jaunt at the beginning of every show. Mm-hmm. Michael has Thanks always given Michael. me great ideas. Well, you guys, this has been fun to reminisce, fun to share a little bit from our hearts. There'll be lots of opportunity to do that in the future, but thank you so much for being a blessing to us, Michael and Connie, and, and that sent by God. We really believe you guys have been sent by God. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. him.